G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, a highly anticipated sports episode because I finally managed to sit down opposite the man, the myth, the legend, Jacob Luthien, who will talk plenty of AFL draft stuff with me. We obviously wrapped that up after a couple of days with 70 plus players joining the AFL. We got Harley Reid coming over West, which is very exciting. Uh, not tons to get excited about from a Frio standpoint, but I digress. The Cavs and the Nuggies still doing their thing as well. Both have winning records now, so we'll talk about our uh, favourite AFL and NBA teams. And then we did a little exercise with the Chicago Bulls, just trying to figure out how can they blow it up effectively, which teams could be interested in some of their prize picks, because I think Chicago doesn't have a lot going for them at the moment, from a Bulls perspective anyway. So we dive into plenty of footy, Plenty of basketball. Let's not waste any time. Here we go. It has been about eight months in the making. Longer, I think. But finally, Sports by Fry fans get to hear me ask the most important question that you can ask on one of these episodes. How the fuck are you, J-Lo? I'm fucking good, mate. Um, steaming away in uh, heat. heat uh, this is not a heat stroke. It's a heat wave Perth. But uh, we're here. Welcome, uh, welcome to the heat, Harley. Harley Reid. Yeah, we won't uh, spend too long beating around the bush. We'll get right into West Coast and Frio's draft. Not as important for Dockers fans, but we'll do a bit of NBA stuff as well. Wouldn't be a sit-down without some Mount Rushmore chatter. It is toasty. Uh, I'm sitting here, rigs out. Uh, How's the last couple of months been, mate? It's been a big uh, six months since you were last on the pod. Talk the listeners through... uh, couple of the antics that you've been up to oh mate i uh, got to uh go and watch denver during their their finals run which was phenomenal in uh, the playoffs as well which yeah. is not nothing no yeah it was round two watched uh Jokic and jamal beat up on kd and uh and book and there was probably oh chris paul didn't play already seen him that's yeah, okay ticked him off the list the nuggets won uh west coast drafted harley uh I don't know. That's that's about all that's happened in my world. They're the two pillars of my life. Pretty good Footy pillars and to have uh, one of your teams win the chip and one surely entering next year as arguably the premiership favourites <laughs> now that they've uh, have the- Harley Reid. Were you nervous that they were going to trade pick one? Because there was an, yeah. uh, a timely moment where the trade is in graphic popped up whilst oh. West Coast were on the clock. Uh, talk us through getting Harley Reid to the club. How excited are you? I feel like we've just drafted Nikola Jokic with the 41st pick um, during a Taco Bell commercial, mate. It's, uh, oh, look, cautiously optimistic with these things. But I do feel like uh, midfield is now sorted for the future. And uh, uh, you know what? I feel like we've got all the pieces. Now we just need to put the time and uh, get the experience and the games into these guys. It's a shame they couldn't also pounce on Dan Curtin. Tried pretty hard and aggressively if you had have got harley and dan Curtin into the uh club i think it'd be a fucking home run mm. the uh nikola Jokic pick might end up being clay hall who they took with okay. their 38th pick i'm a i'm a big fan of this kid he's pretty like built already considering the fact that he's only a teenager played for uh harvey brunswick harvey leshenot bulls which is my uh club of origin oh. my uncle was uh, a one-time president so clay and i go way back but, yeah uh, yeah i think he's a bit of a not necessarily diamond in the rough, but someone that I wouldn't be shocked if he played some senior footy next year. Archer Reed, another tall, another Reed. potentially uh, key forward. Nice to get yeah back to back reads with your two picks. You talked about that, like, the pillars they got in place. I think 
Like you and I might be the most. Uh, that's not true, actually. I was going to say the most hyped people around Ruben Jinby. Uh, yeah, we're up there though. Especially after uh, crossing paths with the bloke, sometimes in person at the uh, local supermarket. Big We've uh, talked about his size and his frame. It's, it's nice to get him and Harley. I think uh, two blokes that will complement each other well in that midfield. You throw in Elijah Hewitt as well. Feels like that midfield's pretty like you know you don't want to say it's set Harley hasn't played a game mm. Ruben played what like nine last year after he suffered a hammy complaint so I feel like those pillars are pretty good but how do you feel about each end of the ground because we know that they got the young midfield bulls but there's a couple of young pieces I like but I think there's still definitely some gaps on the list oh look where they're fucking wooden spooners mate uh, of course there's some gaps in the list I don't think there is bigger gaps as, uh, as a lot of people have been sort of talking about. I kind um, of agree with you. Or, or at least, um, you know, the the players we have in those spots, they played all last year, you know? Um, like we got plenty of games in the Noah Long. Oscar Allen's hitting 25, which is our favourite age yeah, true. for uh, young footy players. Uh, we got Barris at the ba- in the back line. You know, Jez McGovern hasn't played in a long time. We've got solid young Ruckman. Flynn's now in the... In the uh, mix, in the mix, yeah. What are the nest um, out west? The west nest. Let's strike that from the record. No, I don't hate the west nest, <laughs> but I think um, you know you look at the list profile of the t- the playing list or the the teams that were out in the field last year. Most of them were in the twenty to twenty three range. So I don't feel like we're as far behind as people expect. I still feel like we're going to be a bottom four or five team this year. Mm. But um, look, it's all about Harley. Let's be honest. It's all about Jinby, Harley and Elijah and uh, anything else is a bonus this year. It's pretty cool that they're uh, wearing numbers seven, eight and nine Ooh. as well. Oh, I didn't you know, know that. That's not nothing. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like Tommy Barris has proved to be an all-Oz caliber defender. Oscar Allen, you could arguably say the same about his chops up forward. He's already pretty elite and still has probably his best footy to play. Mm, for sure. Um, the ruck, you know... The get and that. has been getting shit service. Oh, that's true. For the last few years as well. He, so. um, Yeah, he has flourished in a team that hasn't exactly bagged goals in recent years. I don't know if, like I said, I'm with you in the fact that I'm a bit more confident and have higher hopes around uh, the Coasters' future, at least even rolling into next year compared to what some experts are picking. Uh, who do you think finishes higher on the ladder, Frio or West Coast? Uh, I'll take you guys uh, just just by a whisker, though. Um, you've got a bit more experience. You've mm. got the midfield guns. At least they can get it going away. Um, not that they did that this year. True. But, um, you know, I feel like you guys definitely have the midfield to absolutely smoke West Coast and that happened this year uh, I forget which derby it was um, second one I think yeah got us by like 100 points um, and that's that right was I was probably yeah game. probably lost in the midfield so yeah I think uh, you guys just by a whisker and that might be the last time you beat us for a decade uh, <laughs> ladder position wise anyway well who do you think if uh, Freo finish higher this year who do you think's closer to uh, their next flag the Dockers or West Coast now it's you got to say, put a, a tiny grain of salt with it because obviously Freo mm-hmm. hasn't won before. So winning that first premiership for the club, I think, is maybe not harder, but I'm just uh, the ever pessimist as a Dockers fan. It seems like it's going to be a more a tougher mountain to climb. But who do you genuinely think has a list that can contend for a flag next? Because I love the way that the Coasters have built things. 
I do mm. like Frio's team. I would hesitantly say I love. No, I don't love it. I don't love it. Yeah. To be honest, like there's a lot to like, and I do think that they've got, like you said, those midfield jets in Brayshaw and Sarong. They drafted some other like sliders on draft night as well, key back, small forward, and a bloke who was touted as a top twenty pick before he got banged up. So Cooper Simpson, he is. He might play a bit next year, but. They've got some other kids coming through as well. I'm talking Matty Johnson, yep. Neil Erasmus. We just picked up Jeremy Sharp as well. Midfielder. Yeah, so it seems like the midfield, which was an area of strength the year they uh, made the finals, 2022, it dipped last year. I think a big factor for that is that uh, Josh Carr left. But I do actually think that West Coast are better poised to challenge for a flag sooner. I think um, I would tend to agree just because of list makeup and in terms of forwards mids backs you guys like you've just said loaded in the midfield great ruckman jackson also a ruckman kind of a weird situation there but in terms of either end i've got a lot more faith in west coast um yeah actually there's not much more to add to that i've just got a lot more faith in in fucking oscar allen and jake waterman and even that marich kid over two grab tab and who jai miss i guess oh yeah actually i do like jai miss but yeah yeah, it's an interesting debate though, right? Like, Definitely. I would say that we probably have better defensive stocks as well. I'm kind of putting Hayden Young in that mix and I feel like he's probably going to play a bit more midfield. So, you know, yeah. does he count as a halfbacker? But you got Pierce, you got Cox, both of which have, I'm pretty sure, been in all those squads before at least. Luke Ryan. Luke Ryan as well, who's been a champion for the last half a dozen at least years. So, yeah, there's pieces in place, but I just think that you boys have more players that could potentially be A-graders. Mm. Brasher and Sarong are going to be the guns in that midfield, and it's yep. going to be hard for someone like Matty Johnson or even that Simpson kid I just mentioned to stand out. So, yeah, watch your space. We'll uh, hopefully monitor that over the next, what do you reckon, three to four years it'll take for... Uh, one of them, yeah. One of them to pop yeah. up. Yeah. That feels about right. Yeah. Hopefully by the time we get to 2026 and we're doing these podcasts, there's uh, more optimism around mm. Fremantle Dockers. Yeah. Sorry, there is... Uh, I don't think we got much else footy-wise. Oh, last thing. It's bummer that uh, Aidan O'Driscoll didn't get drafted to the Dockers. We've already got Nathan, his older brother. Okay. And Emma, his older sister, plays for the yeah. women's side. Oh, come on, mate. Uh, Freo had a couple of chances to get him. I think the blokes that they drafted, like I said, they slid and were meant to be like top 20 to 30 picks. So you have to pick those blokes up. But yep. he ended up getting drafted like four picks before Freo's third selection, which is uh, not ideal, but shout out to... Aiden O'Driscoll, big uh, sportsby fan, I'm sure. Good on you, Aiden, mate. Uh, I've got a bit of optimism around the Cavs, probably more than I have around the Dockers, and it's fair to say that you'll have a fair chunk of optimism around the Nuggets. Uh, start with the Denver chat. I don't think that there's a team at the moment in the West that can hold a candle to the Denver Nuggets. I do think that Boston's probably the best team out East, yep. and a finals matchup between those two would be pretty fucking elite. But how are you feeling... Uh, 14 games into the Nuggets defending their ring. They're sitting 10 and 4 tied with OKC, second in the West. Technically, Minnesota are above them with the one seed, but how are you feeling about the Nuggies' uh, efforts so far? Oh, mate, you know, I just I feel great, to be mm-hmm. honest. The starting five is, I, I think, the, or you could make the case for Boston again, but I think we've probably got the best starting five. Um, so many weapons defensively KCP looks like mm, maybe true. the best per- perimeter defender in the league right now Aaron Gordon's great 
um, he's sort of playing a weird role. Very Lamar Odom-esque. Oh, I like I've been, that comp. I've been thinking of that for quite a while now. Um, and obviously, we got the big fella in center, uh, best player in the world. Jamal Murray hasn't even really been playing. Uh, I just feel like there's we've got too much. And the good news is, like the bench, if you if you're worried about that, they're all they're all young blokes. Like, give mm, them a true. season of continuity, playing with Jokic, playing with one another. I feel I feel pretty good, and I feel like um, we've sort of mentioned it a few times. They're giving off. Just, just some low key. This isn't full blown, but some low key Golden State Warriors seventy two win vibes, and not that I think that they're going to get seventy three wins. Sorry, but I do think they're playing with that sort of movement, and everyone knows if they get to the right spot, they're going to get the ball. They're going to just have fun out there. To be honest, that's what it looks like half the time. They've lost a few games recently, but it looks like they're just having a fair bit of fun, which is saying something when you come off a hugely deep playoff run mm, go true. all the way to the end of last season come into this season everyone's giving you their best shot because you're the champ and we're still looking good so i'm all about board the denver the denver train and uh yeah i feel fantastic mate. they're seven and oh at home at the moment so their only losses have come on the road yep. obviously they've been a stellar team at home in the last couple of years and i think you know Jamal's played in half their games. It's been a hammy that's kept him out, eh? Yeah. Should be back probably by the next time we sit down. Who knows? It About might be uh, yeah. yeah, early December, late November. But that's not nothing to have your second player miss a big chunk of games. And I think we watched the Detroit game, which was weirdly refed. And I've oh, got yeah, to say, I watched yeah. the Cavs Sixers today, also weirdly refed, but... There's a lot to like about the Denver Nuggets' other pieces. Like Reggie Jackson's really stepped up. Oh. It looked like he was arguably playing for his career last year. You yeah. know, if Denver had a felt play, like it was over. Yeah, he honesty. wasn't exactly yeah. lighting the world on fire, but he's not going to have elite counting stats as well, especially when Jamal comes back. But he's just given him another veteran that can do his role, help support those other young dudes. Like you talked about a couple of them. We got Julian Strother. In Ooh. the mix, who uh, Flamefer. you and I were raving about in the preseason when he was cooking fools. Yep. Peyton Watson looks a bit... Uh, Ooh. I don't want to say it. I was going to say Kawhi-esque on defense, okay. but he's more like OG Ananobi. And I think I'd make that link because OG struggled to shoot his first couple of seasons as mm. well. But Christian Brown looks like he's going to be a fantastic role player for his whole career. Yeah. So and a winner. Yeah, he's very a winner, true. Mate. That's important. It was his rookie year last year, hey? It was. So he went from winning a national championship in college to then winning a chip in the NBA in his first year. Right? And I'm pretty sure he played two years in college. I'm pretty sure one year, like in his senior high school year, I think he also won. That's crazy. So he's just a winner. That's what I think that's what we've targeted. So. Yeah, it's good to have those dudes, especially getting them young. And like you said a couple of times, you might not have mentioned it just then, but bringing in somewhat mature draftees as well, like yeah. Colin Gillespie, I don't think, was like a freshman. I think he, he might have been out. a four-year, also yeah. a Villanova championship point guard. Yep, another yep. one. Jalen Pickett as well. He looks. He's had flashes. So oh, there's dudes there that I think they might not contribute a fuckload this year, especially come playoff time. But three years from now, when Jokic is ticking to that 30 mark and Jamal's in his late 20s, you might see Straw the average 20 or Pickett be the starting shooting guard if KCP leaves. Like I think they're doing a really good job of trying to bridge the gap between the established stars and dudes they've got and young pieces that can develop behind it. So it's a lot to like about the Denver Nuggets. Uh, if you couldn't pick the Nuggets, though, 
at the rest of the field, who do you uh, expect to be in the NBA finals? So you can go east or west. Um, oh, safe money's on Boston. Mm, they true. look fantastic. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, the Bucks. You still think that uh, Milwaukee can figure it out? Yeah, of course they can, mate. Yeah, yeah they've just they've had like no time together. Dame got there probably. When did Dame get there? Not long before the season. Nah, it was that about sort a, of stretch. A week or two before max. Yeah, yeah. You know, Giannis is used to having like a a really good sort of backseat point guard. All of a sudden, he doesn't. They're going to take their time, but they've still got a great team. Lopez still plays a good role. They're getting older, but I think Giannis. Giannis looks like he's starting to grind into sort of mid-season form. Mm. Well, as we approach the middle of the season, funnily enough, um, sort of. Yeah, but I think I'll figure in, it I reckon, out. Uh, we, we still call it the early phase, but I know what you're saying. He's got through like the initial lumps and bumps of the season. Mm. Uh, I only say that because they've won five in a row, and I think before that five-game winning streak, you know, as I've been doing, About dropping 500. the uh, NBA podcasts, and I was like, you know, this isn't nothing. They're still struggling, mm. but. Yeah, surprise, surprise, a team with Dame and Giannis looks good 15 games into their uh, unison. That's it. They're playing in the East as well. There's going to be a lot of easy wins to pick up throughout the, the season, the in-season, the fucking post-All-Stars run. There's going to be heaps of little easy wins. As teams, it feels like most of the teams have been reasonably healthy as well. I mean... Yeah, a lot of the top-tier squads anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, a team like Detroit, they've had a couple of pieces out and they can't afford to have mm. a couple of pieces out um, there's another bloke oh, there's been lots of teams that have been ravaged by injury Brooklyn's another one they've had a couple but um, you mentioned in season just quickly before I give you my uh, deep synopsis on the Cavs what are your uh, thoughts on the in season tournament idea uh, don't have much no not really like I can I, I see what they're trying to do with it I don't know if that's I feel like most teams have just been like, yep, let's win it, unless your name's LeBron James. Um, let's just win a normal game. This is a game we have to win. Mm. Um, the the courts look cool. The yeah, courts I think look they cool. do too. Most of them. Yeah, most of them. There's some that are a bit uh, alarming to the eye. I'm I'm a big fan. I've okay. enjoyed this early portion of the season. Like I think it's, what, Tuesdays and Fridays, off the top of my head, that there's in-season tourney games... You know, I think that they're doing a good job of trying to ham it up as something, but I think mm-hmm. they still need to try and tweak it to make it a bit more worthy for fans, right? Like, if Cleveland got storm on and win the thing, I'm not going to be like, great, they all have like an extra million dollars. I'm happy for them. Mm. But if they got like, I don't know, an extra draft pick at the end of the first round or they were guaranteed a play in berth at worst or something like that, mm. it needs a bit of tweaking, I think. But I think something like that would drum up even more fan interest but yeah I've been intrigued uh, and what's the right word overly impressed so far okay. I like it I like it I think if they sort of went for something a little bit more like the NCAA tournament mm. which realistically they kind of did in 2020 in the bubble yeah a little like bit. you could almost just be like every game that you guys play yeah it's a bit of a knockout thing like I'm not sure how some of those knockout uh, games would work, you know, mm. if you've got sitting, people sitting around. But you could just, the teams that are knocked out, just be like, you guys play each other then. That's fine. We'll figure it all out. Um, because I was wondering, how's the home court advantage going to work in the in-season tournament? Is, do you have any idea? Like, I don't think it is. I think effectively you play each team 
once, so that's what four games, and two of them are away, two of them are home. And I, just, I just mean the next stage. That's what I was wondering about. If well, you now that sit at the top of your your bracket, yeah, and you're playing someone from another bracket who's low, who you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure that's when they're looking at going to Vegas or. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know, maybe they'll tie break it with whoever's got a better record at the time or who's beaten each other head-to-head. Mm. But I know that the final four are in Vegas, yep. so there, there must be another round before that because you've got six division winners, right, and then two wild cards. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm all over it, mate. Yeah. I've switched on. I'm in, the, uh, I'm in the zone. I do just think, like, on the other end of the tournament, the back end of the season, maybe you had a home game scheduled they might have to flip it because you've yeah. got to play 42 and 41 or 41 or whatever it is. Yeah. So um, it's a valid interested point. to see how that works out. Uh, don't know the answers. Well, as we uh, sit here today, the uh, aforementioned Los Angeles Lakers are the first team to clinch. They have a spot. And I they, thought uh, the Pacers were the first. Uh, technically, you might be right, actually. Okay. I think they played earlier. So and yeah. I only know that because of the Sports by Fry Instagram page, guys. So make sure you're following it. Yeah, full Good of, stories. Full of useless slash useful information. Uh, yeah, you're right. The Pacers did clinch with a 157-152 win over the Hawks, which sounds fucking crazy to say out loud. They hit the uh, combined over, I think, with nine minutes to go in the game. Yeah, I'm surprised it was even... No, like I was thinking yeah. you were going to say middle of the third. It, you know what? I might have read it wrong. It sound the way that I was watching that game. It could have earlier, could have been earlier in the game. But yeah, like I said, the Lakers are clinched a spot. The Pacers too. Uh, the Cavs and the Nuggies still in the mix. Yep. Denver sitting there two and one, tied to the Pels. Surprisingly. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll check in too much with the in-season tourney. I was just curious to see uh, what your thoughts were because uh, I like it. I think it's uh, I think it's a good initiative. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's a bit to work out. Back to your, uh, just quickly, um, talk about doing a like bracket. They are talking of expanding to 32 teams pretty soon, right? Like in the next okay. couple of years. So if you got 32, that makes it very easy to just do single elimination style, yep. which I think if they went down that yep. route, that would be much cooler. Yeah, and then, yeah, the, the leftover rubble who suck, they can just play each other. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Does that work? Uh, or you could mm. maybe a disadvantage for the, anyway. We yeah. could go into this for a long time. Yeah. Not, let's not. Cleveland let's are sitting not. Uh, eight and six. They uh, got the win against the uh, reigning champs Did. a couple of nights ago. Yep. Took down Denver today. In a, it was actually a really good game. I sat and pretty much watched the whole thing. But like I said, there was some weird officiating going on. Joel Embiid looked pretty dominant, but mm-hmm. was foul mongering. I think he got uh, Mobley and Allen stuck in foul trouble no Donnie Mitchell for the last couple of games either so sitting at 8 and 6 now uh, do you have any what's the word glaring statements or things that you've observed or noticed about the Cavs I know you probably haven't watched a ton of them but no. they've, they've struggled a bit with health I don't think that that's been as big a factor as a lot of people are making it out to be though But starting centre and starting point guard missed the first what 5 or 6 games uh, and it was only like 3 I think. oh was it oh, yeah. it felt like 6 that's what yeah. I'll tell you mate yeah. they've struggled to find continuity a little bit because the lineups have just been chopping and changing for those reasons you said but I'll tell you what I, I might get a Max Struess jersey oh like, god okay he has been such a good pickup for us he's been balling yep. So far this season, he's just basically filled in because the guy's injured a bit, but he's filled in what Isaac Okoro was doing the last couple of years. So you put someone in the court that's probably a better passer, 
way better shooter and better offensively. I think that could be something that helps unlock a Cavs success. But mm. what are your thoughts on like teams building around two non-shooting big men? Because I think Mobley, I'm trying to get it up as we go, but I think Mobley's taken maybe three three-pointers this year. Don't right? think he's hit any. Oh, God. And Jared Allen is obviously a non-shooter from three. So do you think in like the modern NBA, they can afford to have those two big dudes clogging up the paint and not shooting? Or is this just like they're sealing potentially like a second round team if they've got those two? Yeah. you Look, as you say that, it does sound like it'll be tough. Mm. Um, could they win it? I mean, if, if all other three players on the court continue to just rain threes in all honesty they're, they're probably a solid offensive rebounding lineup not that they necessarily get them at this point in the season but i could see it sort of working who knows where the nba goes but it would take a lot of playmaking from either allen or mobley you i didn't get to watch the nuggets Cavs game but you did mention that mobley was initiating a lot of the offense that might unlock it a little but I feel like that takes away from Donnie Mitchell and Darius Garland's mm. strengths a little bit. Um, I think we've, I've said it for, I don't know, at least two weeks. I feel like compared to the Nuggets, compared to this, the Celtics and a few of the other teams like at the top of the NBA, they just don't have it. They're just mm, missing it. Um, in all honesty, I think they need a new coach. Um, I don't think Bickerstaff's the answer. I think they need to enter their... And it all, a lot of this will depend on what happens with Donnie Mitchell, but they need to enter their Mark Jackson for Steve Kerr era. Yeah. Um, probably to unlock a bit of their offense because, you know, Mobley's just been playing under bigger staff his whole career. Yeah. Give him a new look, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I still have high hopes for bigger staff, but I, I kind of agree with you. I feel like they need to tweak and change something. They've been... They were elite defensively last year. They've started to kind of round into form as a solid defensive team this year, but they're very middle of the road in both offense and defense to start the year. And last year it was our defense that kind of anchored us, pun intended, and then helped us surge and then, you know, get a lot of stops, turn them into quick baskets. But they did say in the offseason they wanted to play faster. I don't exactly know what their pace numbers are like, but it doesn't feel like a lot has changed. It Mm. feels like Mobley hasn't exactly stepped up tons from his second season hard to do when Donnie Mitchell and Darius are there and I mean he's still averaging he's averaging good out good counting 16 and 10 yeah three and a half assists uh he's shot one from seven so far this year from Mm. deep so I don't know I feel like Cleveland are gonna have a pretty similar season to last year yeah I agree and it might culminate in like an east finals appearance maybe but to do that they'd have to knock off probably Boston Philly or the Bucks, yep. and I don't think they're better than those three. And if you look at no. the East standings, there's some of the teams that you know we were optimistic about heading into the year, wondering if they would take the leap up. The Orlando Magic, they're nine and five right now. So Four, weird. Fifth seed, their so defense weird. looks really good. Yeah. The Pacers obviously have the best offense in the league, but probably the worst defense. They're mm. sitting at eight and five. So mm. some of these middling teams, the Knicks, the Hawks. Miami's recently found their mojo. I think there's going to be a lot of congestion for those bottom spots in the top part of the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like not necessarily home court because I think Celtics, Bucks, Sixers are in the top three, and that probably won't change. Yep. But yeah, the four to six spots going to be very interesting to see how that makeup shakes out. Yeah, mate. Uh, it's going to be a real glut, and I, I think that's probably the the case for both conferences. Um, 
Which is kind of cool. Mm, Such a, yeah. So much parody in the league right now. Um, makes for really interesting watching. And, you know, first-time champions, which I'm glad we jumped on board. But, uh, yeah, I think Cleveland's going to struggle until they find an identity. And whether that comes from moving Bickerstaff on or deciding to go around one or two or picking a bloody play to build around. And we sort of have talked a bit about this over the last couple of weeks. You look back at most of the championship teams in the last 20 years, they've all had a player that they built around where the Heat's a bit of an outlier and so are the Spurs. But you could even argue the Spurs kind of did. But Nuggets built around Jokic, LeBron and the Lakers, you know, that was AD LeBron. But then the Warriors built around Curry. So unless you find that player that you decide to build around and then really go for it, I just think you guys will will middle again um and that's i think why i say get rid of bigger staff choose a bloody direction pick a coach or pick a direction yeah i just don't know who the coach that they could go out and get to replace him is but oh, you know it's a million bloody coaches in the world though mate like, yeah that's true you, you know? don't necessarily have to go like nba yeah. there's so many assistants that you know you slot them into a head coaching role and you're like oh they're really good yeah would have thought yeah pick one of the the pop disciples or the Kerr disciples or pick the fucking the Villanova coach or something, you know, like I think just pick a pick a direction. Yeah, it's tough. Like Donny, I think, is contracted for two more years, maybe three, I wanna say. But as glad as I was that they traded for him, I'm like, I feel like that was kind of like trying to make the move too quick up the standings. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to kind of pay your dues. Denver's really built organically over the last call it six years. Yeah. Cleveland swung for the fences by getting Mitchell but before that like Allen, Mobley, Darius that's a pretty solid trio to like build around if you then get you know hit on a couple of other pieces but it's not a bad thing to have Donovan Mitchell in uniform but I just wonder if he's not the bloke that goes in a couple of years do they try and ship Jared Allen out who I really love just to allow you know space for another Tobias Harris like forward or Harrison Barnes you know what I mean or something like that a player like that that can stretch the floor and put Mobley at the five but yeah we'll have to uh, we we'll have to wait and see yeah we'll have to wait and see three or four years yeah, yeah. three or four years until uh, West Coast and Frio were challenging for flags and three or four years till Cleveland's trying to catch the Denver Nuggets on the back of a three-peat I reckon yeah let's bloody hope so mate yeah, yeah. Um, before we do our round mu- round mushmore yeah round <laughs> mushmore it's been a while for us it has been a while dusty uh I want to talk about one team in particular, the Chicago Bulls. Now, when you look at them on paper, they're sitting at 5 and 10, which is hardly a death sentence. But I really don't like anything about the way that they've no. constructed their roster. And I get it. Like, when they made the trade for Vooch and they had Lonzo, there was maybe a couple of months where it all clicked and they looked like they were going to, you know, challenge and be all right. Yeah. Maybe not for a chip. but I was least, high on them. Yeah. I, I never fully was drinking the Kool-Aid, but there was a lot to like about them, like I said. But as it stands right now, they don't really have a direction to go in. Obviously, the Lonzo ball has just thrown... Uh, injury has thrown most things mm. out of whack, but now they're stuck with dudes like Nick Vucevic, who's 33, Tamar, who's 34, Levine, who's in his prime at 28, but mm. he's got a four-year deal worth like $170 million still to come. And I don't think those dudes are going to be steering them far. So we're going to play a little bit of a matchmaker. Okay. The Chicago Bulls. We're blowing it up. Blow it up. 
blow it up. I've had enough of the Chicago Bulls, and I want to uh, I want to trade some key pieces. First one is Zach Levine because I think getting his contract off the books might be the hardest thing to do. Uh, you've okay. got to find suitors for him, given like I said, how much he is still slated to be paid. Your DeRozans and your Vooches being a bit older, I feel like there'll be contenders that might want to, or pseudo contenders that mm. might want to take a bit more of a swing. But yep. is there any team that springs to mind when you're thinking of a landing spot for Zach Lafine? Feel, feel free to say no, because I have a couple up my sleeve. But uh, is there anyone that you think should or could make a play for Levine that would be a nice fit? Oy. Top of head, nothing comes to mind. I do feel we've sort of talked a little bit about this over the last week or so. I know I've said that like seven times. We've been <laughs> anyway. Uh, we talk I, a lot. Yeah, in the last two or so weeks uh, about Luka Doncic. I think he's one of these guys who needs a team built around him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the most heliocentric player in the league by a long way, if you ask me. And so having another ball handler next to him like a Kyrie Irving just doesn't work. So if you could get a second scoring punch. Levine needs the ball a fair bit, but luckily he's a great shooter. You yeah. know, he attacks the rim. He sort of opens pockets that Luca can take advantage of. Maybe, maybe Dallas. Um, but to be honest, no one jumps to mind. The Kings, maybe it could get him over the, over the hump. Well, the Kings know. apparently are the team that seem most keen on acquiring Levine. There's been a few others who have bobbed up. Mm. You know Dallas who would, might be one of them. You know, it'd be a really good one. It would be certainly very interesting the Clippers oh god put him on the Clippers five five shooting guards starting the game let's see what happens I don't know if they'd have anything <laughs> else to like trade who knows what could happen though no you're right they probably couldn't fit his contract but that would be a hell of a sight yeah That's what I would about. enjoy it from the comedic standpoint for sure yeah well let's say that Dallas are a team that want to make a play at them you got Luca, who's on a near identical contract to Levine, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny to say. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Kyrie, he's a weird one. I don't think you could trade him to the Bulls for nah, Levine. No. Nah. So let's just say, for example, the other blokes on their roster are the tradable pieces. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s the next most expensive salary at 17 mil. So that's nearly half what you get with Levine. I feel like he has to be in the deal. Yep. Maxi Kleber as well. He's about 11 mil. Rashawn Holmes, about 12. I think Josh Green just signed I want to say it was like 3 for 30 or around that mark okay um, extension I'll see if I can get it up real quick but there's not a ton of other additional assets that if I'm Dallas oh, sorry if I'm Chicago I'm like oh yeah I want that bloke you'd want a ton of picks yeah really and I think Dallas do have most of their picks still they have wheeled and dealed slightly in recent times but they still have their pick next year year okay. after and then two years after that as well. Okay. So there is some tradable pieces and assets, but uh, Josh Green is an interesting one. Oh, there you go. He was actually much cheaper than I thought. I don't know where I got that off the top yeah. of my head. Oh, no, I was right. Sorry. All over the shop. Uh, okay. 41 mil three-year extension he okay. signed. Okay. But he's still cheap this year. So I feel like Chicago could be interested maybe in a bloke like him. Another Aussie, shout out. But yeah, unless Dallas want to go all in with picks... You'd probably then have to have Kyrie, Luca, and Levine. If they didn't go down the Kyrie path, I think Dallas was a team that I mocked uh, Zach Levine being traded to most of the summer. Sacramento Kings are an interesting one, though, because if he does go down that route, then they maybe have some pieces you could deal. You've got Harrison Barnes, who's expiring from memory. Okay. He's about 17 mil. Davion Mitchell. Yeah. 
he could be someone that Chicago are like, yep, give us him. Uh, I came up with a three-teamer, though. Okay. Gets Levine to the Kings. Davion Mitchell and Gordon Haywood go to Chicago. He's an expiring 30-mil deal, so it's basically a salary dump. Okay. And that sees the Hornets get Harrison Barnes and Kevin Huerta. Huerta. Uh, Sacramento, obviously, would include picks. I didn't go into tons of details around the draft picks. But what do you reckon? Levine to the Kings, Mitchell and Haywood to the Bulls, Barnes and Huerta to the Hornets. Uh, it's you know it's a bit what convoluted, but boy, aren't we just talking about a middling trade? Yeah, you know, it, it might push Sacto up the standings. I, does it get him over the Nuggets or the Suns or the Lakers? Probably not. Nah, that's what makes it really hard to see a Zach Levine trade coming to fruition for mine. Like, I get why Chicago want to deal him, and yeah. I think seems like DeRozan's probably the one that's going to be dealt first. Yep. Uh, the next bloke we'll talk about will probably be the one that gets traded first. But yeah, moving Levine is a harder process uh, than initially thought. All Age right. profile is just weird for him. Doesn't yeah. fit. Doesn't fit the older, a bit clunky. sort of fading championship contenders. Doesn't fit the up-and-comers. Who knows what the fuck he is. Last Zach Levine hypothetical. Okay. Zach Levine for Ben Simmons straight up. Ooh. Oh, I was, was just thinking Brooklyn. Um, but... I think Mikael Bridges needs the shots, mm. in all honesty. Um, and I feel like they should be throwing all their sort of weight behind Mikael yeah. and the rest of that side. Uh, look, uh, yeah. It makes them better. You could obviously try and convince Chicago that going for Ben's a solid idea. You might have to pick, yeah. put picks in there if you're Brooklyn as well. Ben is just so... he's. This year has hurt him. He was playing so well, and that injury has just busted him. Yeah, out. it's really yeah. Uh, derailed a lot of the confidence that I was starting to build for him. Yeah. Uh, surprised to see that Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges are both 27 years old. I thought they were like, you know, your 24, 25 mark. So they're not exactly super young. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I, we've both said, I think it's going to be tricky to trade Levine. Uh, Alex Caruso, I don't think it's going to be hard to deal that bloke at all. He's bound to attract... A lot of interest from contenders. He's got a two-year, $19 million deal left. He's somewhat of the prize jewel uh, of Chicago, if you ask me. But his second year is uh, partially guaranteed as well. So if it goes awry, you can cut ties. There's a lot of contenders that could use Caruso. Uh, I think the Bucks and the Sixers would be stupid to not try and nab him. Mm. I would Denver. I would Denver, even. I'd yeah. take him. I would love to see him. Mm, love's a strong word, but I feel like... Philadelphia would almost be his best fit. He can be that high-energy guy, spells Maxi a little bit, dribbling the ball, but really impacts on defense. He can match up against your Dames, uh, Darius Garland, like those type of dudes defensively when they mm. get deeper into the playoffs. Brunson, if they clash with the Knicks, those type of guys. Yeah, I think Tyrese Maxi, for all the good he's done so far this season, still has a couple of question marks defensively. I do like uh, De'Anthony Melton from a defensive standpoint for the Sixers. But I think if they could get someone like Caruso, that would just vault them, in my eyes, up the uh, up the standings. Yeah. I think, um, look, Caruso is easily right. He's the jewel, which is just ridiculous to say. It is. Actually, he's, yeah, he's the most likely. He fits the most teams. I don't think he's necessarily... I think DeRozan is the jewel because his age profile fits other, other teams, mm. a la the Lakers. But... I do think Caruso, wherever he goes, is going to be successful and, and honestly do a really good job. So, uh, yeah, any contender. Yeah, I or think any, so too. Even little fringes. 
Maybe Sacramento could use well, him. I was just about know? to say, would a team like Sacramento or Dallas be better suited trying to nab him rather than Levine or oh, DeRozan? Dallas unequivocally, because yeah. you know it fits it fits their system. They just don't have a system yet, unfortunately. They're still star chasing. But I feel uh, like uh, Caruso is going to get traded for like a maybe two first rounders as well. Like you oh. know, pro- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if someone okay. was just like, all right, here's a first and a picks what we have from OKC that's nine years old or whatever. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I can see that happening. I do also think that uh, DeRozan and Caruso could both wind up at the Lakers. That's the, the rumour going around at the moment. So Great. turning our attention to DeRozan, uh, do you like the idea from a Lakers standpoint, say they give up Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves and something, whatever else they need to, and a, the couple of picks they have left, is it the right thing for the Lakers to go like all in on DeRozan with LeBron at his like, you know, call it twilight of his career? Uh, the Lakers are a mess, let's be honest. AD's past his prime. LeBron's kind of past his prime. Um, I don't know, man. He turns 39 in a couple of days, uh, about a month. He might not uh, have passed his prime yet. Yeah, I, I was saying a friend of the show, Kyle Merritt. Um, Shout out, Merritt. Big, big LeBron fan. Um, he's just not the same anymore he has lost whatever it is he's lost it and which is probably just athleticism um but he's just not that fearsome force anymore nor is ad um maybe in all honesty if there's any team in the league who should star chase it is the lakers i think yeah um, that's fair and i think DeRozan is kind of a weirdly good fit so if they can manage to get DeRozan and caruso yeah i would do that for Rui and austin austin reeves is overrated yeah um, i yeah. tend to agree with you had a couple of hot moments in the playoffs oh yeah he's a good player and he's actually I've listened to a lot of Austin Reeves content hmm. over the NBA off season and there was a lot about him because he was undrafted dude and he was just talking about how oh yeah um, Detroit wanted to take him in the yep. second round yep. of his draft year and he's like no like I don't want to go there I want to like bank on my skill set and get to a team that like suits my needs and I can play a role and I can complement the other pieces so he's doing that with the Lakers it does make me wonder though like if he gets traded to the Bulls is he going to thrive and be like a 18 to 20 point per game scorer or is he going to go to like 12 or 13 yes. points and just be like Delonte West, you know? Good questions, mate. Uh, I do. Th- that's a very cool tidbit mm. on uh, Austin Reeves though, mate. So well, well done sports be there. Yeah, cheers. Uh, what about the Miami Heat? Is there any interest in them trading for DeMar DeRozan? Do you do like a Kyle Lowry and one or two of your young blokes that you've got and if you need two picks to try and get them over the hump in the East. That would give them, you know, Tyler Hero, Jimmy, obviously, DeRozan, Bam. It's a pretty solid four. But again, DeMar is 34, so it's probably someone trading for him. You're only going to get 24 months of, like, still DeMar, I reckon, before he starts to show his age. If there's anyone who I think could do it, it's probably the Heat. Uh, Like, you know, I've got a lot of faith in Pat Riley, in dealing with the aftermath of sort of that vacuum that would happen when Jimmy and DeMar kind of leave the team. But, mm. you know, Bam's young-ish. Hero is young-ish. So maybe there is sort of a way forward for them. Out of all the teams we've, we've sort of talked about with DeMar, I think Miami might be the best fit, might work the quickest as well. Yep. Again, a lot of faith in Spo and Pat Riley. So, yeah, out, out of all of them, I do like that one the most. Yeah, I think... It's interesting. It will be interesting to see who tries to make a play for DeRozan. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked, like I said, if Caruso becomes a 
additional piece in a DeRozan trade and one of the like big premier clubs like we mentioned, the Lakers, the Heat, make a swing for him. Last bloke that I want to discuss, not exactly the uh, most coveted asset of the Chicago Bulls, but Nikola Vucevic, I think, could still help some teams. Granted, man is 33. He has a three-year, $60 million contract still remaining. But there's one team in particular that I would love to see make a play for Vooch. Do you reckon you can uh, guess it? Or are there any others that you reckon need more big man help? Um, ooh, I was Atlanta popped to mind. Ooh, okay. but, um, but they do have Capella. Uh, actually, Vooch would help them Vooch a lot, would though. actually be way better. Uh, better is a loose term, but probably better than Capella for the way they play. Yeah. Um, Especially if you've got a Kongwu behind him. Yeah, I like that one. You're not thinking of the Clippers, are you? No, nah, mate. Who you thinking I'm of? going uh, same conference. I'm talking the Memphis Grizzlies, who just lost their center in Stephen Adams. Mm. Mm. If you get Jar back, oh, he must be about halfway through his suspension now. Yep. So let's call it another month from now, roughly dozen games. Okay. You get Jar back. You put Vooch at the center. Jaron Jackson Jr. is still really struggling with fouls. Yeah. He's been playing five at times, but I watched him play. I think it was the Pelicans or something, and there was about three fouls in three minutes. They're like, I was. That's a boneheaded play, mate. Like, you had no chance of blocking that. Mm. Or, like, you're just standing there and then just hip-check the dude. Like, quite undisciplined fouls. So, I feel like they've talked for a couple of seasons about how they need a veteran presence in that locker room to bring some of the younger talent in. Vooch could be that dude and could help them with Stephen Adams out there. Another floor spacer. Uh, He's, like I said, 33 years old, but he might see out his contract in Memphis and help turn them from a top six team out west to maybe in the a year or two, a genuine contender. Hmm. Uh, look, I don't hate that, mate. Uh, I think could definitely help Jaron Jackson, who you're right, is definitely a a four. Um, does it get him over the hump, though, Alex? Mm. I'm not so sure, mate. You uh, got a question, right? Yeah, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Grizzlies stat, um, especially with Clark going down with Achilles yeah. that he did. A lot of their, they lost a lot of good players in the offseason. I just, I don't know. I think they should bank on on having these guys for another decade. Like Bain looks great. Triple J is a good player. Jar, we know what Jar is. If he figures his shit out, yeah. Um, does Vooch make sense? I'm not so sure. Um, but look, you got to do something, and the NBA things have to happen in the NBA. So I, I do like that uh, Atlanta Hawks fit. I've just been uh, oh, thanks, man. Tweaking and tinkering a little bit. Their contracts, Clint Capella and Vooch, are almost identical. Oh, God. So, straight swap. Who do you reckon says no? Atlanta or Chicago? Chicago would want piece, uh, picks back, Yeah, I'm assuming. Um, but if they could... Uh, maybe for Capella and, and a first rounder in... Uh, probably the sooner the better. Um, well, I'm just looking as well. Like, There's so many... Oh, so many is a stretch. But there's a few wings that just seem to keep getting buried... In Atlanta, like Jalen Johnson, he's started to come up a bit. And as a result, AJ Griffin's playing less, who is another, from memory, first rounder a couple of years ago. They traded for Sadiq Bay. They've got a couple of dudes that, you know, if you throw Sadiq Bay and Clint Capella for Vooch, I think Sadiq's contract's expiring as well. So Chicago would have to pay him. That could be like a, a smaller swing that could work out for the Hawks. Yeah, uh, look, I don't have much to add on that one. I'm going to yeah. be honest. So I do feel like the Hawks and Vooch are just a little bit irrelevant in yeah. the NBA. Hey, we've got to give man. some irrelevant NBA teams their shine. I yeah, don't think we'll be Chicago. talking a shitload about the Chicago Bulls. but All the Hawks. 
For all the Bulls fans out there. Yeah, no, nah, true. For all the Bulls fans out there, uh, there's your uh, 20, 30 minutes on uh, potential trade destinations for half your fucking roster. Yeah, hope you enjoyed that one, mate. All right. The moment most people have been waiting for. Uh, we've started these up... Mm, I think it was 2021 was our first one. Oh, We're doing a Mount Rushmore where J-Lo and I will both make four picks on a certain allocated category and then the Sportsby fans get to vote and choose the winner. Now, we've done some pretty banging ones in the past. We've done best AFL goals of all time. We've done the AFL players you'd like to have a beer with the most. Well, that was a good one. Yeah, first time NBA All-Stars. We've gone in a lot of different directions. But today I vote, considering that uh, we've just done another AFL draft, we make our picks for the best number one uh, selections ever. Now, I have kind of put a cap on it and gone back to like since the actual AFL started. So I don't Sorry. know if there was a number one draft pick in 1971 that turned around the Carlton Football Club. But okay. yeah, he probably won't get a lot of shine this episode. But there's a pretty extravagant list of uh, stars amongst here. There's also some real big all-time busts. And there's still yeah. a lot of young kids as well that, you know... Their contract, oh, their contracts, their careers are still playing out, so it's tough to peg exactly where to put them. So, I don't think either of us will be drafting Harley Reid, but it might be a smart play uh, for the longevity. Uh, the all-time record, I went back and did my homework. I've won fifteen Mount Rushmores, and J Lo has ten. So, okay, you know, it's not a not a huge gap between the two of us. So, I think uh, considering the fact that it's a triumphant return for you, I've been doing these uh, podcasts sporadically. Uh, in your absence, I vote that uh, you can have the first draft pick to draft a number one draft pick. Wow. So, yeah, do you need longer to get the list up or are you uh, you're locked and loaded? Blake? No, I'm looking at the list. Um, geez. There's, I'm, I'm seeing two options. Hmm. Um, and I think I'm going to go for... I think I'm going to take Nikki Rewalt. Oh, okay. One. Um Obviously, a stellar career, great captain, uh, one of the all-time great captains. Yeah, and kicked a, just a ton of goals. Um, Seven hundred and eighteen, actually. That's right. Yeah. So, I, look, I'm going to go Nicky Rewalt. Um, there's a few other names on the list I thought about, but I do feel like, yeah, oh, I don't know. No, yeah, no, no, that's a good pick. I think I, I had, uh, I had a kind of a top two. Yeah. And I think it falls off. You can probably guess which direction I'm going to go in. Uh, yeah. Uh, the bloke who was drafted first overall one year after him mm. played 10 more games but did manage to win four more flags than Rui. And I'm talking Lukey Hodge, dual Norm Smith medalist. Yep. Uh, he, I think he really helped the Lions when he went up there, obviously, for his small stint as well, mm. like the uh, the bits and pieces he did. So, yeah, Lukey Hodge will be my first pick. That's a good pick, mate. Um, gets a little tougher now. Gets a little tougher. Um, I'm going to take... With my second pick, Jonathan Patton. No, I'm of, <laughs> of course just kidding. Uh, a little shout out to... No, actually, don't like that bloke. No, uh, shout out to Jay Patton. No, nah, no. Nah, <laughs> he got in trouble in the media uh, mid-last year. You didn't see that? No. Nah. Yeah, yeah, not great. Uh, I'm going to go... Number two pick... I'm going to take, take Brendan Goddard. Friend of mm. Nick Rewalt. You know they'll work well together. One of the all-time great swingmen of the AFL. Yeah. And not just... Uh, it, a lot of people give Pav a lot of credit for winning all Australian at all three or four positions or whatever it was. He never did that in one season, whereas 
Brendan Goddard within one match could play four or five positions. So I'll take uh, Brendan Goddard. That's three drafts in a row. We've just gone one, two, three. Uh, wow, that's pretty talented. 2000, 2001, 2002. So there you go, mate. Well, I don't think I will be taking the bloke who was drafted next, but it's tempting. <laughs> He's a... Uh, oh, where do I go with this pick? I was kind of banking on Goddard being on the board, but... Mm. I'm tossing up between two, and I'm going to side. Oh, this is tough. Yeah, it's bloody hard, isn't it? I'm also thinking, you know, there's we want to draft the best quartet here, but we got to also think about who's going to look the greatest on an Instagram yeah. slash Twitter graphic. <laughs> You're right? dead right, mate. And I think for that reason, I'm just going to side with Brett Deledio. He was a, Ooh, uh, a great play. tiger for a long period of time. Obviously crossed over to uh, GWS for the last little portion of his career, but won the Rising Star Award, couple of all Ozzes. Uh Yeah, Deledio was a near 300 gamer, so I think uh, he's worthy of a top four pick in our draft. Oh, and boy, he had wheels, didn't he, mate? Yep. Oh, he just had wheels. Dash um, of the uh, Marvel. Oh, no, they probably would have played at the G Mall. Dash down the MCG wings. Yeah. Um, yep, rightio. Well, that's good, because uh, you've got to think about graphic. I think... Uh, this bloke's going to make me graphic look real nice. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. This this might be the more this might be the most recent guy drafted who we take mm, in this okay. in this Rushmore draft. I'm taking Sam Walsh. Yeah, nice. Uh, I just think he's already one of the best players in the league. He's about to hit apparently game 100. I think in uh, round one. So Sweet on the street. He's already all Australian, rising star, BNF. He's he's done a lot already, and I think he's only going to go. Sh- from strength to strength so I'll take Walshy yeah that's a good pick I uh, didn't have him as high on my board mainly because of the games played and how long he's been in the system but when you look at his accolades compared to some of the dudes we've already drafted they're obviously not the same but Mm. if you look at his accolades compared to like the rest of the field outside of the four or five blokes we've already picked then he's actually right up there so yeah that's that's a swift smart Draft pick. Thank you, mate. By you. And that has left me puzzled. <laughs> He's reeling, boys. Yeah, I don't know. I could draft about one of the eight Carlton blokes that mm. uh, there's a lot of for them. a chunk of time. There is a lot. I could also go back down the, the historic route, and there's a couple of Eagles that are tempting. Yep. But I think I'm going to go Lockie Whitfield. Okay. He was, uh, the number one overall pick. Oh. Have I got that right or wrong? Yeah, he was a number yeah, one. Yeah, number one overall pick yep. back in 2012. Uh, 200 gamer. I don't feel like he's got as many accolades as he probably deserves, but he was one of the smoothest movers, probably not still in the league, but in his prime. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, take Lockie Whitfield with my third selection. Yeah, it would have been very tempted to take him had he still been on the board. Um, okay, last pick. Where do we go with this? You're right. There's a lot of Carlton boys. <laughs> Four in a row. Yeah, I honestly feel like they kind of... None of them quite got to where they should have got to. Nah. Um, there's a couple of flash in the pan guys. I mean, there's a lot of flash in the pan guys at the num- number one pick. It makes me worry about how good Harley Reid's actually going to be when you look back at the last picks, you know, other than Cadman. You sort of like yeah, Horn Francis really was supposed to be a world beater, still not there. Jamari Hagan is supposed to be one of the best forwards like we've ever seen. Oh, I got time for him though. 
I got time for him. Yeah, but he's, he's Matty Rouse in his infancy. Rouse a weird one, hey. Like, he's a he's a good player. Yeah, but strange. Yeah, while she was meant to be the the best midfielder we've ever seen, and he is good. Don't get oh. me wrong, but yeah, every year you almost hear it. Oh, this is the best player we've ever seen. So, how good is Harley Reid going to actually be? The answer is very good. West Coast fans, <laughs> and with that, and with that in mind, I am going to go ahead and take. Uh, 250 gamer, Brownlow medalist, Burger Rings, uh, absolute number ambassador. one ambassador, Adam Cooney. Just because I didn't feel like Mark Murphy or Bryce Gibbs were that good, can I be honest? So, Adam Cooney, in you come. Mm. All right. Yep. Solid pick. There's one left now in the draft. <sighs> Jack Watts. It's got to be Jack uh, Watts. Uh, Who's the worst number one pick on this list here, Fryzy? It might be John O'Patton. Now that I'm just flicking through it. Yeah. Tommy Boyd at least won a flag, you know. Paddy McCartan, he's had injuries. That's that's kind of tough to throw him in that bus. And then, yeah, you have to go back to the early 90s. And I do not know a lot about those characters. Nah, yeah. There are a couple of them that are popping up as tempting selections, though, I will admit. Well, we're, talk us through it, mate. Well, I'm looking at Drew Banfield, mm-hmm. dual premiership player, BNF winner. Yep. But I feel like anyone under the age of... 22 probably doesn't know much about Drew Banfield. Nah, there's probably thing is Bailey's dad. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. Uh, Jack Watts, Tom Scully, Dave Swallow all played a lot of games but didn't do much combined. The recent guys don't really jump off the page to me, so I think I'm just going to go with uh, the only 300 gamer remaining and Drake Mark Murphy <laughs> because. Uh, <laughs> See, I didn't even want to do it. No. You your, got tongue Murphy, would, your tongue wouldn't do it for you, mate. <laughs> you got Murphy, Gibbs and Cruiser as three number one picks back to back to back. He's the best one of them in my eyes. I think in the early part of the teens, the tens, whatever you call that decade, he was good, really good. One of the stars of the comp. Yep. But it feels like it was quite short-lived. So, yeah, there is a bit of a drop-off. I'm glad that we only have to make eight picks collectively. Because yeah, it would get gross. After this, I'm not too sure uh, where we would go. Honourable mention to... Uh, Des Headland as well. Clive I always love, love Des. Yep, a couple I, of Dockers lurking there. I reckon an underrated one on this is probably Jacob Wiedering. Mm, uh, the way true. he's been going lately. Two BNFs. Oh, actually, he's never got it all Oz. I did not know that. I thought he got it last year or the year you, before. Actually. All Oz Four 40. squads, but no uh, initial team selection. That's annoying. Yeah. Poor bastard. Yeah, but uh, shout out Jacob Wiedering. I think he, he probably could have gone ahead of Murphy, if I'm being honest, mate. All right, so... We finished the draft then with Nick Rewalt, Brendan Goddard, Sam Walsh, and Adam Cooney mm. stacked up against Luke Hodge, Brett Deledio, Lockie Whitfield, and Mark Murphy. Pretty good one. That's going to be uh, that's tight. Tough yeah. to split. Yeah, we'll have to uh, put that back on the socials and see what the uh, Sportsby fans have to say. Hey mate, finally, we've done it, and we've finished the podcast at everyone's favourite hour. It's seven thirty-seven. Oh, I thought it was before twenty. No, nah, no, nah, close. Okay. Uh, so, happy vest hour. Thank you. Thanks for yeah, sitting down. You too, uh, up the nuggies. Congrats on Harley Reid. Let's hope uh, Cleveland can figure a bit of uh, shit out and Fremantle become a premiership contender in 2024. Yeah, good luck to the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, they're going to need it. All right. Thanks, Jalo. Chippy witty. Yeah, man. Well.